Hello and welcome to this edition of the Golf Channel Podcast with Rex and Lav. In this week's edition, we bid farewell to WGC Match Play with Rex offering, quite possibly, the most unpopular take of all time. We break down all the happenings at Austin Country Club and what it means for the Masters, including our own preparations. Rex, you've returned home. I don't see any uh, brisket juices seeping out of your pores, no rib splatter uh, on your hoodie there. How was your week in Austin, the city weird. Uh, the my last week in Austin. I, I would like to thank my last week at the match play. I would like to thank my last week at a World Golf Championships. Uh, I would like to thank. Uh, I, I will miss Austin. It, it is weird, as they say, as the tagline goes. And I was just telling my son about this. Like it's not because he said I told him where I was, and he kind of gave me the yuck face. And I go, no, 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 that's not it at all. It's not Texas. It's Austin is just a different oh, place. Austin's fantastic. Yeah, and obviously the food is fantastic. I think I, I snapped you a couple of pictures of, of getting my, my fill of brisket and ribs. And it's the sausage that they do so well in Texas, like the jalapeno sausage. Oh, my. So good. Didn't cause any uh, internal combustion, as they say? Not for me. That we, I had dinner with some, some colleagues of ours. Uh, Rambo had a, had a rough night, one of the nights that oh. we went out. Oh, yes. no. Yeah. But uh, no, otherwise it was uh, it was fine. Why do we always end up with this? Why why did the conversation always end up with ends up at internal combustion? Uh, the best part is I'm sure Rambo took that uh, extraordinarily well. Let's get to the golf wrecks. You wrote on Sunday night, golfchannel.com, un, unsolicited. No it. one was asking for this, wow. uh, and yet you wrote a column that I know you don't write the headline. Goodbye WGC match play. You won't be missed. By all. At first, I thought it said you won't be missed at all, uh, which would have been uh, extraordinarily harsh. Uh, however, this was your take. What was your take? Why was it your take? And uh, just how many uh, hateful emails have you received? As you pointed out, uh, no hateful emails. Uh, Twitter has been interesting the last 24 hours. Uh, as, you, as you know, as well as I do, we don't write headlines. And how many times have you written a column or something oh. and you read it? And you went, oh, come on. That's not even close to what I was no. trying to get. No, nope, I got to get whoever killed. wrote that headline, Mercer, Patricia, Colby, Brantley, whoever wrote that headline, you nailed it. That's it. Perfect. Um, <laughs> yes. I, I, and look, I, 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 I texted our, our boss, Mercer, about halfway through Sunday. And I go, I'm not writing a game story. Like, I'm not doing this. I'm not. And, you know, we wanted Scotty Scheffler and Rory. We ended up getting them in the consolation match. What we ended up in the in the finals match was Cameron Young and Sam Burns, two unbelievably talented players with unlimited potential. Like you can't wait to see what they become. This isn't what you want. And the column, the idea was I spent all week staring at Twitter and, and looking at comments and everyone just pearl clutching because the mass play was going away. How could the tour do this? How could we lose the only mass play event on the schedule? Where you been the last two decades? I'll tell you where I've been. I've been covering it. And before you jump on me, I'm coming at you too, Ryan Lavner, because you never even wanted to cover this. The one time in my entire career, and this is completely selfish, that, I, that you tried to elbow me out of the match play, that you or anyone else at our company tried to elbow me out of the match play, was when it went to Harding Park. And that's just because you wanted to go to San Francisco. All of those years on top of that godforsaken mountain in Arizona, all of the years in Austin, it was, it was only me. So if it was so popular, that's and not it was true. such a... And it, covered, and it was I covered, such a great. I covered it seven times. Covered it seven it times. Was, I covered it Dove Mountain. Covered Harding Park, and I covered it in Austin. Really? Because so, I I don't remember you ever clamoring. Like, where were you this year? You didn't want to go to the last one. Uh, I I haven't covered it ever since the Anwa started, which was back in 2019. Just to make okay. it so I don't have three and a half weeks on the road. All right. So so here's my reasons. 
my, my reasoning is, number one, first and foremost, if this was such a great product, if this was what the world wanted, the players wanted, the fans wanted, the media wanted, the PGA Tour is in the entertainment business. Let, let's don't kid ourselves. And they're not getting rid of this product if they think it's the most entertaining product they have, which according to Twitter, it is. So don't kid yourselves. The tour is getting rid of this. And look, it might come back. Like I, I had a moment late Sunday afternoon. Uh, I kind of got Rory on his way to the clubhouse and we were having a conversation. And he and Rory seems to know things more so than other players. And he kind of told me that he would imagine that there will be a match play event on the schedule. That's fine. I, I don't really have a problem with that. The idea that everyone's going to miss this thing. No one missed it. I mean, go back just once in the entire history of this event, 24 years, did we end up with a top four finish. And by that, I mean one of the four players who started as a number one seed in their bracket, somehow they've ended up in the final four. I mean, in the, in the championship match. Just one year, 2004. Tiger Woods, Davis Love, three and two, not, not even that good of a match. Instead, we ended up with a lot of Sam Burns. We ended up with, with a lot of uh, Cameron Youngs. We ended up with a lot of Jeff Maggers is what we ended up with. Jeff and Maggers, then it was 20 years ago. But the first one, I mean, I hated picking You've on also it. had Scotty. You've also had DJ. You've also had Kiz. You've had Billy sure. Ho. And we've had Stuart Sink. And I can keep going Jason back Day, right back world at number one. I keep, we had Victor Dubasson. I can keep going right back at you because the fact of the matter is we never ended up with what we wanted. But probably the bigger deal, and this is what I would camp on, is they never got the format right. I mean, the straight knockout, which I think most players will tell you they'd rather play straight knockout. That did not sit well with TV executives. That did not sit well with corporate sponsors because what they don't want is Tiger Woods going home on day one, which happened three times. And so they came up with this sort of convoluted, watered-down group play where we play two days, don't prove anything, get into Friday, and now you kind of have a semi-interesting day. Instead of having the best Wednesday on tour, you've now watered it down into three semi-boring days. It was never right. I keep going back to the idea that everyone who missed it, who said that they're going to miss this, never really paid attention. Rant over. And another thing. <laughs> Rant over. After four minutes, here we are. Uh, by all by, by published accounts, uh, Dell executives did want the match they did. play to continue. It seemed like it was pushed back from Austin did. Uh, folks the folks at Austin Club Country Club, back as well. Which which is a which certainly is a shame to, uh, to me, Rex. It wasn't that the match play didn't work because of the golf course. I thought, and I think, Austin Country Club is a funky, fun, made-for-TV venue. Like, I think it is a fantastic match play course. I actually don't even think the format was the big issue. Top players might not have necessarily liked this round-robin style uh, beginning to it. But they weren't just a huge fan. Down Wednesday and Thursday. They weren't, they weren't a fan of the one-and-done nature either. They thought, you know, if I'm going to make the effort to be out here, uh, that Again. I want to stick around for more than 18 holes. It's match play. There's a problem, which everyone on Twitter seems to ignore. Seems to have forgotten that, oh, this is awkward. Like, we don't like straight knockout, but whatever the tour's fix was. And look, the tour tried the fix. I, I mean, I will give the PGA Tour a monsoon of credit. They tried to come up with some way to appease everybody. But you can't. Not with this format. But I think that this format... It, so in a regular 72-hole tournament, right? Like, like, Thursday and Friday are pretty boring. It's just kind of like, it's just tone setting for the week, right? And then the momentum and the drama builds on Saturday. Then you have a, hopefully a thrilling conclusion on Sunday. What I liked about the round Robin style format. And I look, I, I don't feel passionate about it either way, but I do think you had some memorable moments sprinkled throughout the week, even if you didn't necessarily have the championship match, which is what everybody wanted. Friday became basically a head to head playoff. You would have 
uh, a sudden death playoffs to get in. You think back to the Tiger Rory quarterfinal match back in 2019, which eventually propelled Tiger under the Masters win just a couple of weeks later. Like we've had smatterings of memorable moments throughout the week that you wouldn't ordinar- ordinarily have in either a knockout format or just a regular 72 hole format. But so the issue, Rex, is not the format, it wasn't the golf course. The issue for the match play is the timing. The timing on the schedule was horrible. How on earth can you have the WGC match play played two weeks before the Masters? On the back end of a frenzied stretch, which already included elevated tournaments at Kapalua, you had a bunch of great players playing at Torrey. You had uh, Amex as well. Then you had Phoenix, Riv. You had Bay Hill players. You had decent field at the Valspar just the week prior. And now you're having one week before the Masters. Like, why would you have this tournament played two weeks before the Masters? It, I mean, it makes the, no sense. The That's the reason why Just, Justin Thomas, not the problem. Justin, Justin Thomas, reigning PJ champion, did not show up along with Justin Rose at the WGC match play. A, he doesn't like the golf course for some reason. And B, he did not think it was the ideal preparation for Augusta. So he instead played uh, the Valspar Championship, took two weeks off, and will head to Augusta uh, likely over the weekend. That's the issue. The issue was the timing. If you play yeah. this between the two summer opens, if you play this uh, as part of like the larger FedEx Cup playoff structure, if you made some sort of bonus bonanza in the fall with all the top players, like then I think it works. But Are you timing, suggesting it, it should become right the tour championship? Is, is that what you're suggesting? Are you suggesting that it, it be, this should just become the tour championship? Is that what is that is that where we're going with this? No, making making the tour championship okay. strictly a match play tournament, I think, would be a mistake. That's when, you, like, match play is it might be the truest form of competition, but like you're still going to get some very fickle results. Enough. Enough. What you can what you can do, Rex. How you how you can incorporate match play in the tour championship is have basically a shortened version of either the Western Amateur or the US Amateur, right? Where you have stroke play qualifying that determines the best players, and then you go into a knockout bracket for I would call it the top eight players. Like I think that that would be interesting. Why? You're That's identifying dumb. the best players. There's no, there's not gonna be any flukes that get through. And then you can still Just have the mono, mono nature that everyone likes. Just stop. You and right. everyone else on Twitter. What's if if it was such a great format, why did we only have one event? If it was such a great format, why is the tour more than willing to let it go? If it was such a great format, then why I do we end up... I think that shows a disconnect between what tour executives want and what golf fans want. I don't even think... Again, you're, you're, conf- you're, you're conflating the issue here. The issue here is the tour is in the entertainment business. And if this was truly the best and what format, is more not only would they have at least what is one. more entertaining than head-to-head golf? That not only would they probably have one, they would have more than one. And yet we have 48 events on schedule, and only one of them is a match play event on the PGA also, Tour. The PGA Tour just learned that they're an entertainment product like six months ago when they had No, the they've always known schedule. they're an entertainment product. They just leaned into the idea. Then why would they you finally, have a schedule full of 72-hole stroke play events? They finally conceded the fact they're an entertainment product, uh, product right now. And, and again, the idea that somehow this is the purest form. Really? 
because all four major championships are played under stroke play. So apparently they don't think it's the purest form. I mean, why wouldn't one of I, I mean, it's correctly. the purest form of competition going head to head and see and seeing who wins. It is not the best. Is way it the, be- is it the, the best, best way to determine a champion? No. no, it is not. Absolutely not. And that's why the major championships don't use it. That's why we only had one on the schedule on the PGA Tour. And that's probably I'm not why saying we, we need don't more, have any. I'm not saying we need more right now. I'm not saying we need more match play tournaments. I'm saying Again, what we need is a match play tournament. You, it would you, be you, why it would be a shame why? to not have a match play tournament on the PGA Tour schedule. You have to have one. I just wouldn't have it two weeks before the Masters. There's, there's not a flag football game in the middle of the NFL season just to mix things up, just to make things different. But there, and that's but what there we're is trying one during to the do. Pro Bowl. Well, again, during the Pro Bowl, which no one pays attention to, which they had to switch around because nobody pays attention to because it's not entertaining. I, I keep going back to the idea. There's no that, shame look, in having one of them. Why would you not have the one? Because you don't need one. If they needed one, we would have one on the schedule. We don't. So you want to replace the, the match with a. So you want to replace the match, but with another 72-hole stroke play competition. It's, it's that's, what's going that's, to happen. That's just a continuation, a continuation of the monotonous slate already. That's, that's what I would say is. Whatever, uh, what they have in New Orleans now is probably the best version of what they can come up with, where you do have a two-man team event. No one there watches that. Well, again, you're, you're compare, right. Compare the ratings. Compare the ratings between the What do you think the ratings were for that Cam Young, uh, Sam Burns final on Sunday? And again, I hate, it's I hate raining six down on them. I hate raining down on them. And I was on the golf course. I walked it. What do you think the galleries were? I, I don't have to tell oh, you. 70-30 in favor of the consolation match, at least. Yes. And, and look, the consolation match had Scotty Scheffler, l- local guy, Texas Connection. It had Rory McIlroy, who, by the way, is beloved in Austin. Come on. No, no However, one had any, would, any you be singing, would you be singing a different song had no. Scotty Scheffler made his four-foot birdie putt on the second uh, playoff hole against Sam Burns? And would you have felt differently had Roy McIlroy hit the maybe. green on the first playoff hole and he has a two-putt birdie to knock out Cameron Young? I would not be singing a different tune. I would, we would still be having this conversation. Yeah, and you'd probably... be having the numbers one and three, then now it's number one and two. Players I, in the world. I would not have written head the column. To head, a Ryder Cup preview. The yeah, two, but we didn't. Two, the three best players in the world. But we didn't. Again, but we you, can play the, you can play the revisionist close. game. We were Lab. tantalizingly close to having that scenario. We didn't get it. You can play the revisionist game. You can do the what ifs. We if can do the what about if it is all you hold want. On, here's, didn't happen. Here's, a, here's a fun hypothetical. If Rory and Scotty I don't do that. Like Jay Monahan, no, I don't is, do hypotheticals. I was gonna say if 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 it's <laughs> I was just gonna say that Jay Monahan would love this. If it's nope. if it's Rory versus Scotty in the final and it's like a one up, it goes what I think is a great finishing hole at Austin Country Club, that three hundred and forty yard drive par four. Like it's a it's just a great hole. If those two had this like instant classic. And right now, three weeks ago, Jay Monahan says, nope, the match play, quote, didn't, didn't work in the 2024 schedule. Would they have found a way to make that work all of a sudden had that been the championship match? Uh, I think, uh, as I mentioned, I think they'll find a way to get a match play event back on the schedule. I think there's enough Not, yeah, I think I, apparently, apparently it's a done deal for 2024 that they can't. Well, uh, no, they can't next year. I think, yeah. I think that is a It's done a consideration. Deal. It's a yes. quote consideration according to a tour statement. Andrew well, Ryan. well, yeah. I mean, I, I think he completely dismissed the ideas of the WGCs. And look, we still have one more Which WGC under contract. That that doesn't matter. When you have someone, when Rory tells me that he's confident, then that that gives me hmm, an idea that yes, probably going forward they'll find a way to get one. And maybe it's not even a tour event. Like Billy Horschel brought up a really good idea that maybe the DP World Tour 
starts doing the world match play again. Instead of 64, you start with 32. And you come up with a way to marry that into the PGA Tour schedule. There's plenty of ways to do it. But I keep going back to the idea that, no, we, we didn't get that final. And, and I've covered almost every final at that's that the, event. That's the and we don't have event. one. The, that's the we do, we've that never got, gotten got that final. So close. They got so close to having it, and yet they didn't have it. It was like, a perfect, it. It was like a perfect coda to the match play era. And, and to go to your point about the golf courses, and I will say, of, of all the golf courses this has been at, from La Casa to the two at Dove Mountain, oh, this one by far. By far it, yes, this is by far the best. However, no one is hand-wringing that either. None of the players were like, oh, I'm going to miss this golf course so much. It's the best match play co- golf course. It's a really good match play golf course, which in the parlance is mm, – it, oh, it's a really, it's a think, really good. Well, I think for a stroke play tournament, it could be a, it could be a potential disaster. But yes, like Cam, Cam, like Cam Young made forty-one birdies and four bogeys. Like it was unbelievable. Yes, the quality it's of golf not. that he was able to play on a on a course that has drivable par fours, easily reachable par fives. Yes, bunch of like crazy bounces. You have to show a lot of creativity around the greens. Like I think it's a fantastic match of the I'm actually going. No I'm, I'm literally going to miss seeing that on the schedule next year. I really am. No one's missing this one. You take Riv off the schedule, they're going to miss it. You take Harbortown off the schedule, guys are going to miss it. Colonial can keep going down the list. Harbortown, no one's missing you can't this stand one. it. You could be in the fairway and stop and be blocked out. Hate that. I love Harbortown. Uh, and players love Harbortown. It's probably the important part here. So, no. And look, uh, La Costa always had the weather against it in Southern California. It's just not a good venue, as we learned, from, especially that close to Torrey Pines on the PGA Tour. Dove Those Mountain, two are Dove Mountain were awful. I got snowed on. I got hailed on. Jumping Choi got me. Like, everything about the top of that mountain, I just absolutely hated. Harding Park was fine, but no one went to the tournament. You couldn't sell a ticket. At least Austin, you had a community that was kind of rabid about this. I was talking with one tour official. They made $5 million on that tournament last week, which is by far the best ever of a WGC. Twenty-five, uh, Nearly 25 years. But you're getting and, rid and just, of it. And they're getting rid of it because the PGA Tour doesn't want it. That's it. And the players can say whatever they want. They don't want it either because there's you can make a, the argument it's, it's at a bad a point in the schedule. No, you can make the argument that it's a bad point in the schedule. They're, they're not going. I mean, if you moved it to where, where would you where would you put it? Game. Where would you put it in the schedule? Wouldn't put it. Not doing it. Okay. I don't want it. So I'm since, not playing your game. Since it's, go, since it's going game. to be since it's going to be in the schedule beginning probably in 2025, according to Rory. The fall. Put it in the fall. I don't care. <laughs> we 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 had breaking news last night if you want to get to that as well i've nope. I've, I've vented and if you nope. want to see i wrote a thousand words of this if you case you want to circle back around on GolfChannel.com. it is it is it is interesting because I, I i feel like the the pg tour schedule takes a little bit of a nosedive after masters i think i think harbor town is kind of like a it's kind of like a nice debrief from a very stressful week right at augusta national but then you have just a bunch of like middling events that that really don't stand out in the schedule. And so putting the top 64 PJ tour players in the world head to head sometime in June, I'd put it like two weeks after the U S open before everyone goes across the pond uh, for the Scottish open open championship, double dip. I think that makes the most sense in the schedule and would give kind of that. I'm trying to find a fix it for something that shouldn't be on the schedule. Just it's going I, to be, it's like, going yeah, to be, I, I love it. You and you and the tour executives. Really? Are you reporting it right now? You and the you and the tour executives write it. need uh, to uh, bridge this gap, which clearly exists between your folks and the casual golf fan who loves who my folks? WGC match play. You and the tour executives, you have to be, you have to be a, one of the 
you're just not a common folk anymore. Too hoity-toity. I've lost though. touch with the casual golf fan. I did want to touch on right, the actual happening. Austin, Hold on. Austin, Hold on. I will Look. miss Austin. Uh, Sam Burns, uh, who by his own lofty standards has had a down year uh, in 2023. His iron play had really fallen off. Uh, Brad Pohl and his swing coach actually said he drove 15 hours from Louisiana to help Sam Burns get back on track during the Florida swing. I think the um, proof then was in that championship match, reeled off eight birdies in a 10-hole span to give Cam Young absolutely no chance. I thought Cam Young played exceptionally well his first week with Paul Tesori on the bag. It definitely feels, Rex, I don't know if you feel the same way, could be having like a Scotty Scheffler, Ted Scott-type bump as it relates to Cam Young Mm -hmm. and Paul Tesori. You think back, I think you were the first one who reported it back in fall 2021, Scotty. Changes to Ted Scott, Bubba Watson's former caddy. At the time, he was the reigning PGA Tour Rookie of the Year. He had not yet won. Uh, he just played on the Ryder Cup team but was looking to make the next leap. Obviously, we know what happened since he's been a certified world beater. Cam Young, basically the exact same player. Presence cup zero wins. Uh, reigning PGA Tour Rookie of the Year. Uh, I definitely think that that was a huge move for him uh, because he certainly has all the tools physically to go on a Scotty-like run. And then, of course, you had Scotty and Rory in this consolation match. So what what was kind of your takeaways? Uh, We'll keep it uh, strictly to Sunday because you had a bunch of heavy hitters there. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I would say Rory leaves with uh, just a monsoon of confidence. It was interesting talking to him going into Augusta, which is, you know, what you you immediately turn your attention to in this case. And I I did think it was it was fun to hear him say that, yes, I'm more confident now than I I was last year. And he posted his best finish at Augusta National last year. But he was very, very quick to say, oh, yeah, but it's still I mean, it's his best finish. I mean, you can you can you can dismiss it all you want. It is his best finish at a place that means the world to him, that this is where his career will end up being defined one way or the other for right or wrong. And however, he was very quick to say that you can go into Augusta overconfident. And so I think he realizes that, yes, the shorter driver shaft is working miracles. And he did last week at the match play what I remember him doing at the PGA Championship when he went at Kiowa. And he was leading by a million strokes and kept hitting driver. And it dawned on me, oh, he's doing that not because he has to. He's doing that because he can, which is really, really cool when he's in that position. I think the bigger deal is his putting. He went to a new putter, talked to Brad Faxon a little bit about this. He just feels more comfortable. Now, so you've got two ends of the spectrum that that he has kind of covered, that he feels very, very confident. When I talked to him, however, on Sunday, it was, okay, I'm going to spend the next five days, six days, seven days, sort of dialing my iron game in. Because we know it's a second-shot golf course going to Augusta. He's going up on Sunday, but the other part of it is when I talked to him, he was probably going to fly up just do a one-day trip it'll be thursday or friday and then fly home and then make his final trip up on sunday i i think that just goes to show it you it ain't gonna it ain't gonna be friday otherwise it's gonna be with the uh, uh yes it can the, be the national thursday amateur. oh yeah thursday would probably be my guess uh i think it just goes to show you that he's doing everything in his power like he, he gives you an, a sort of a snapshot of i'm going to try and find he skipped the match play last year to, to play san antonio the week before the masters and, and missed the cut that experiment went absolutely horrible. So he tried to mix it up this year, went back. I just love the idea that he's trying to find the right formula. I'm not, I'm not even saying he's going to do it this year, and, and it would be a great story. But I just think the longer this goes on, the more he keeps trying to tinker. Uh, certainly when you look at how he played last week, 
like there was legitimate questions after he missed the cut at the Players Championship. Like he wasn't driving his best, and we all know that his entire game is predicated on how he drives the golf ball. If he is uh, hammering at 350 down the middle of the fairway, that just it just sets up the rest of the game. His wedge play is much improved over the past year. His putting uh, with with Brad Fax, I think now it's like five years that they've been going in this relationship. He had his best putting year of his career uh, last season on the PJ tour. He's inside the top 20 in strokes game putting, uh, which was remarkable for a player with the physical and immense gifts that he has. Yeah. To see uh, Roy leading the field and driving distance, ha- having a lot of confidence. Uh, it certainly seems like he has better control, uh, which bodes well for Augusta national. He'll really, he'll really be able to open it up. I just wonder if that was an aberration, uh, how he putted, at Austin Country Club, we've seen these sort of equipment tweaks and uh, a little bit of tinkering happen before where it's just kind of a one-week thing and then you kind of slide back to the to the norm uh, or has he actually discovered something in his stroking and get them back on the right track? That was really the main reason why he had been playing somewhat inconsistently this season. He very easily, Rex, could have two wins uh, in 2023, both in Dubai and came close at Bay Hill as well. And so, yeah, you're right. If his, if his putting uh, has been short up with Brad Faxon going to that blade style putter, then yeah, I certainly feel good about that. I do think that last week reinforced the fact, I know John Rom didn't play his best golf uh, one and two didn't advance out of group play. Like there is a clear delineation between the top three players in the world and everybody else. I mean, it's Scotty Scheffler, it's Roy McIlroy, it's John Rom. And then it's everybody else. And you can lump Cantlay and Xander and Cam Smith and DJ and uh, Morikawa and Zalatoris and Homa, like all of those guys you can lump into everybody else. And certainly uh, a handful of them are going to pop up and contend at Augusta National. But like, as I sit here right now on March 28th, the winner of the Masters is coming out of that top group, whether it's Scotty, Rory, or John Rahm. Like they're, they've, they've, they're clear head and shoulders above everybody else right now. Oh, you got to like chalk. Uh, to go back real quick, to I have less concern with what Rory did at the Players' Championship than probably you do, only because I feel like that's the kind of golf course, and he kind of talked about this last week, that it doesn't take a lot to get sideways. And then next thing no, you know. No, but he was blaming his equipment. He didn't really have an answer for a suspect I mean, he, putting. he didn't hit his driver well. I mean, there's no two ways around that. And then the shorter shaft seems to have given him some confidence. Now, I would be cautious to say. And only because, like, I watched this earlier in the season with John Rom. You can go to a course, for example, a course like Austin, and swing with abandon because, A, the format gives you that opportunity that, look, you're only going to lose a hole. You're not going to make an eight. So it doesn't matter. You can swing with abandon into fairways that were pretty generous by tour standards, certainly uh, by by PGA Tour standards. And that's going to give you confidence. Is it? Is it the kind of confidence that's really going to work at a major championship when you need to be absolutely precise on where you put your ball? It doesn't have to go in the fairway at Augusta. It has to go in the right part of the fairway. So uh, those are two separate things that that I would sit and, and watch very, very carefully. But, yeah, absolutely. You look at the way Scotty played. I mean, it was amazing that the consolation match came down to them because when I watched both of them earlier in the week, I in my mind it was, oh, Scotty's going to run away with this one again. Like he's he's going to go he's back to so back. so freaking good. Like if there's a big tournament – He's going to be there. He's not going to win every single one of them because that's the nature of competitive golf. But, man, you just know that he is going to be there in the end. That ha- that's just like such a – it's got to be such a boost of confidence. 
Well, and the odd thing here is, Scotty, uh, Sam Burns seems to have his number, which, and again, Sam Burns is a, is a fantastic now, player. Scotty but... Scheffler missed a four-foot birdie putt on the second playoff hole that could have won that match. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. But I'll go back to last year, Colonial. Like, I would have never yeah. – I mean, Sam Burns came out of nowhere on Sunday. I think he was done almost an hour before Scotty ended up finishing up and just dusted him. Just rinsed him on that first playoff hole. I mean, it was just. I mean, he made like a forty-five footer, but like Scotty, Scotty does have a little bit of scar tissue, right? Like things, things are going pretty great for with the four wins and six starts last spring. And Colonial, it all kind of ended because I, I remember thinking at Colonial, I was the central reporter there, and I'm like, oh wow, he's just going to keep going this run. And then Sam kind of came out of nowhere, and it it was kind of a similar deal. And what's odd is they're they're really really good friends. They vacationed together. I mean. Right after Colonial, they both got on the same plane and went to a wedding, the same wedding together. So it, it's sort of amazing to think, but yeah. It, it, and Scotty talked trash for the first, at least publicly, for the first time last week. Did you catch that? No, I didn't. Please enlighten us. On we we asked him on Saturday night just about his relationship with Sam and you know who, who's more competitive. And Scotty goes, "Well, I've started to pick him more on my pickleball team because if I don't, he's just going to lose." I was like. <laughs> I go, what a weird, oh, just a weird flex that I, yeah. I don't know about golf, but I definitely can smoke him at pickleball. <laughs> it is a weird flex. Uh, certainly, I, it is It is amazing to me too, Brax. Like leaving the West Coast swing, I didn't think it was possible that John Rahm would not be atop my list of favorites for the Masters. And I, look, I'm not, I'm, not tr- I'm not triggering any sort of alarm, but like leaving Riviera, John Rahm has had nothing but a bizarre three-tournament stretch. He was the first-round leader at Bay Hill, ended up tumbling outside the top 30. Players, he WDs after one round with a violent stomach virus. At the match play, fickle format, as we have discussed, he lost twice in three matches and headed home early. It, I, would say, I would say only that Big Mo momentum is not on John Rahm's side at this point, like Sky Shuffler to me is the clear favorite for the Masters. And then I think you could flip a coin between he and Rory for the second spot. And then, as we discussed on the podcast and our Golf Today hit, I would still put Cam Smith and Jordan Spieth uh, inside at my top five for the favorites. But I, I just wanted to make the larger point like it, it seemed unfathomable that a month and a half ago that John, that John Rahm would not be like the the prohibitive favorite for the masters. And yet that's how much golf can change uh, in that time yeah. frame. No, no, I, I would agree with that. Now I don't, he's not outside my top five, probably not outside my top four. If I'm being honest, I, I will say this uh, among the things add to the list that you can't ask John Rahm about. And we all know that don't ask him about his putting. He gets very, very chippy when, when it comes to that. I think his driving has become the new, uh, just don't ask, just don't, don't even bring it up. I tried to ask him about the how he was feeling after the mystery illness at TPC. Apparently, can't ask about that either. Oh, did he bite your head off? Yeah, he did. Which it seemed to me, I mean, it seemed to me a little Isn't that just question. a logical question. Yeah, like uh, the last time we saw you, you were on your way out of town with a mystery illness. You were literally you too sick to play in the PGA Tour's biggest event. Yeah, how you, how are you feeling? And uh, and I did not get. Uh, I, he didn't want to play ball at all. He didn't want to talk about it. I actually got what an eye say? roll. Like, oh, you guys, uh, I have to go back. I'll send you the transcript, uh, the, the exact quote. It was very uncomfortable because mm. it was, how are you feeling? And he snorted at first. I'm like, can you expand on the snort? Just because mm. I need to write something? And he didn't. John Rahm snorted, snorted audibly before sighing and moving on. Signaling, signaling moving to on. another reporter. Uh, there was some news 
uh, on Monday night in a memo uh, you and I both received outlining PGTOR eligibility for 2024 and kind of the points breakdown, which I know has been the source of a lot of hand-wringing among the tour's middle class, believing that they are not going to eat, uh, receive a fair shake when it comes to FedEx Cup points in designated and non-designated events. Rex, what was your main takeaway from the memo? And if you guys want more, you can certainly go to golfchannel.com for a more thorough breakdown of this. Well, I think the part that you, that you nailed on, the idea of, of how the points were will be different between the designated and the non-designated events, which we're supposed to call full field events, and that just sounds stupid. So I'm going to go with non-designated nope. until I get my hand slapped again. Um, I, I think the important thing here to point out is the, the qualification criteria, just not for the designated events, but for the PGA Tour in general, they, they've sort of laid it out. I mean, we sort of knew, knew – the general idea of it, but I did find it interesting that now it's, it's right there in paper. Top 50 essentially gives you access to everything. If you finish in the top 50 through the tour championship, then you're locked up for the next season. And, and then it kind of goes down from there. And, and it, I, I thought the part about the swings between the designated events, which I, I think is still going to be an amazing effort. If they find a way to have three designated events followed by three non-designated events, three, three, three. If they can find a way, I mean, I have studied. And, and I thought it was supposed to be two, three. It, it could be two. It could be three. I mean, it, if they find Ooh, any three, way to make too many, if they find any way to make this formula work, I'm going to be just amazed because that that's going to be such a, a difficult thing to do with the way the schedule is right now. But to go back to your points conversation and look, this, this was a topic of conversation at the meeting on Tuesday morning at the players championship. And, and I reported, what they were shown there. And the idea is that just to give you the breakdown, it's a 750 points to the winner of the players and the majors, 700 points to the winner of the designated events, which and it's, that's 500 points to the winner of a regular event. And I don't want to give away the names here, but I was having this conversation with, in other words, 50 who, more points for winning the masters, as opposed to winning the designated event at the Travis Arnold Palmer Invitational. Sure. Oof. Or yeah. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and, and so, and I don't want to give away the players, but I, I, I was talking with a player in the parking lot at the Players' Championship, and this player was clearly outside the top 50, and, and he wasn't happy. And I think a lot of the middle class aren't happy. And in the middle of the conversation, Justin Thomas walked by, and he was kind of drawn into the conversation. Do you think that's fair? Do you think this is a good representation? I will tell you that Justin, his answer was amazing to me. And he said, his answer was essentially, that's pretty much the spread of the world ranking points between those events. So yes, I think that's the way the point, the, the FedEx cut point distribution would be. And it was very clinical and matter of fact, and I give JT credit, like he's been part of these conversations. So he knows I, I talked to another member of the policy board last week about this. And he said essentially the same thing that if you break it down and you look at how many world ranking points, these uh, designated events are getting above and beyond the full field events, then it's going to be about a double up idea because the one part that got me and everyone sort of fixated on the idea that oh it's seven to seven fifty if you go down if you compare the fields between non and, and designated events it's um, it's more than double if you go through the top 20 so i think the comparison i got is it, you have to finish solo fourth and you're going to earn fewer points than a solo 10th at a designated event and it's going to create two tours it's going to create a system that is very very difficult to break into that top 50, the churn rate, you know, the, the, the weaponized word that we've heard a lot lately, that's going to be the key here that if the tour has run these models and, and I've been told they have, and, and that they feel like the churn rate is going to be anywhere between 35 to 40 
percent will fall in, and then you'll have out of the top fifty in and out. Sure, no or retention. I know it's, uh, some some of us have issues with that. It's the same thing. It's just retention would be the people who stay. Churn would be 60. the people who go. Yeah, yeah, whatever the case may be. If that's the case, then I think most people will be okay with it. I think most people are very, very dubious, though, that that's going to be the case. Because if you just take player A, and he's a designated player, and he plays in the 16 designated events, which are the eight yet-to-be-determined events, the players, the majors, the playoffs, and that player finishes tied for 15th, uh, solo 15th in every single one of them. And then you take another player, player B, and you allow him to play in every other event outside of the designated events, and they finish 15th in every single event, it's not going to be close. It's going to be such a dramatic difference between the two tours that they're playing that I don't know how player B has much of a chance. I'll go back to what Roy McIlroy told me at the Players' Championship when I asked him how much confidence he had in that retention slash churn rate that had been trotted out by the PJ Tour. And he just kind of like shrugged his shoulders. Yeah, you did at that time. Good for you. It said, said the only thing that we can – like we just have to trust in these tour models. They've run thousands – Thousands, not tens, not dozens, not, not hundreds, thousands of simulations. And this is the formula that they have come out with. Is it going to be perfect on the first try? No, I can't imagine it. And everyone keeps bringing up the FedEx Cup and how many tweaks and different iterations they've had of the playoff structure since it debuted in 2007. My counter of that is always like, that's fine. But this is like career-altering implications if this formula is not right. And so... Have they run the, enough simulations to have this as the best case scenario right now in spring 2023 for the 2024 season? Yeah, probably. But I think the eye test will will almost be a greater indication, right? Like if, let's just throw out a name, like if Akshay Batia, who earned special temporary membership on the PGA Tour after a good start to the Corden Ferry Tour season, right? Like if he finishes top five, in the Hondas and Valspars and um, the Puerto Ricos of the world. Like he is, that he's clearly separated himself in those tournaments. If he cannot break then into the designated events and stay there, then I think you have a little bit of a problem. Like we're savvy enough to know who should play in those events and who shouldn't. But we're like, we're just going to have to see. There's no sense in, in, all the hand wringing right now until we see how it actually plays out. But yeah, I think we're all a little bit skeptical just because um, at least on, on paper, it, it does seem a little bit lopsided. And, and to your point, and look, I think they're going to have these swings in between the designated events and there will be players from those swings, the top players who will be able to play their way in. And, and that's the avenue. And I, I think that's a move in the right direction. I think it sounds really, really good in theory. But in practice, imagine if you're a player who plays well enough during those three swings events to play their way into, let's call it two. Let's say let, let's say the scenario is going to be three non, two designated. Yeah, so there's going to be a mini points list. So like an Akshay yes. would get on there, but can he stay there after proving himself over a sustained period of time is kind of the question. And now you're putting, yes, this player that probably played two, if not three of those non-designated events to earn their way into the designated events. Now you're putting them after three straight weeks in back-to-back events. 
where you expect them to perform. And so it, you're, you're asking a lot out of a player. It, it, in the memo, there was a Q&A that was sent to the players last night. And so once you go through there, there's a couple of things that stood out to me. One of them was, is the points that, let's say, this player who played their way into these non-designated events would start over as soon as those non-designated events are over. So if he wanted to turn back around and try to play his way into the next two, that he's essentially starting from zero. And then going back, <laughs> guys could be guys could be playing like eighteen consecutive tournaments. You you in theory could now at some point you're going to play your way into the top ten if you're if you're playing well enough. If, if this is the scenario, you're going to play your way into the top ten, but it's going to be hard. I mean, it's going to be very difficult to, to to go back to the points breakdown that this was shown to the players. To your point, finish tenth under this model. To finish tenth in a major, you earn 175 points right? Whatever that might be. Defend is 10th in a designated event. You earn 175 points. One of those has a cut. One is a major championship. One comes with all the pressure. One is on a very, very hard golf course. The other is a designated event that might be the Arnold Palmer Invitational or the Travelers Championship. Defend is 10th in a regular non-designated event. You get 75 points. That is a massive spread. And Hmm. again, I'm not even saying that it shouldn't be a massive spread because the argument from the other side from those who say, yes, this, this points model works, is you have to give the top players, these top 50, motivation to play in these designated events, all of these designated events. There's no more mandatory minimums anymore like we have this year. I mean, you can't skip them this year. Next year, that's taken away. So the motivation is huge purses, no cut, and you get dramatically more po- points. That's the carrot. That, that's what they're putting out there for these players. There was, such a, sure- there was such a discussion about that at the Players' Championship. I remember like the live from desk like going on and on about the fact that there was not a mandatory requirement anymore like every top player is going to play in these designated tournaments because the not the all of them are, not are, all of are them. so massive like they may they may skip one for health reasons they may skip one for timing reasons but like it is going to be 99 percent participate participation rate in these tournaments because the perks are so great and now the consequences uh, falling outside the top 50, top 70 are so great that, quite honestly, you can't afford to miss out on no-cut tournaments where you're guaranteed to be accruing world ranking points and FedEx Cup points and money and all that. Well, the purses are great, and that's one carrot, but I think these points, like we can talk about, well, this seems like an extreme gulf between designated and non-designated events. But the way you motivate these players to your point to make sure you stay inside the top 50, you're going to play in every single one of those events. If you, if you really want to make sure I'm going to play in every single one of them, because it only takes one for me to pretty much lock up my spot in the top 50 for next year. Now there is, and and I wrote this last week when I kind of did the, I kind of did the obit for the world golf championships. There, there is a cautionary tale there that when the world golf championships, they had dramatically larger purses that probably, Almost twice as much as your normal tour event. They were $5 million back in 1999 when they started. That that was almost double of what your regular purse was. Over the years, they did not grow. Over the years, they did not keep pace with that. And so now this year, for example, you have six other events that had purses as big or bigger than what we had last week at the match play. The tours are going to have to stay on top of that. That if they really want to keep these events designated, they want to keep them special, if they want to make sure that the top players play in them, you're going to have to keep upping that. And, man, that, that's a game that's going to get old at some point for the tour. A lot of numbers we threw out you folks. Uh, for more, make sure you check out GolfChannel.com for the full breakdown. Rex's report from the memo. Rex, next week we'll be doing this podcast live from the Masters. Probably be doing Backyard. this podcast 
on Tuesday. Yes, the backyard of a rental house. Can't wait to get up to Augusta. I'm actually leaving on Friday, uh, driving up from Ponte Vedra to Augusta for the practice round for the Augusta National Women's Amateur. Uh, the first two rounds, Rex, for the first time, uh, the ANWA at Champions Retreat, uh, where you and I played just a couple of years ago. Very fun course. I think I made six birdies and still did not shoot under par. Um, we'll be live on Golf Channel from 1.30 uh, to 3.30 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday and Thursday. And, folks, if you have never seen Rose Zhang play golf, uh, make sure you tune in this week in what is likely going to be her final attempt to win at Augusta National because she has basically done everything, Rex, in her career. She's won an NCAA title. She's won a U.S. Girls Junior. She's won a U.S. Women's Amateur. She's won a team title with the NCAA Championship. And he has, she has come close but has not yet won. At, and while all indications are that she's going to turn pro after her sophomore season at Stanford where she's already established herself as one of the greatest college players of all time. I'm very excited to get up to Augusta. The annual is an underrated event. Can't wait to cover that one. You'll be joining us on Sunday annual round at Palmetto. Thank you, Brooks. That's right. Uh, what are you yeah, most looking forward to? What are you, what are you getting ready? Cause I know you said you're going to uh, the dry cleaner to press those suits before our big appearances on live from next week. Uh, I, I've had so much. I've had such bad luck with dry cleaners in the last year. Uh, I had a dry cleaner, man. You don't need to. Get, you don't need to go to a dry cleaner. Uh, I don't want to do that. I want to pay someone to do it. And I had a dry cleaner who was local, and they were such nice ladies. And uh, they would always give me the stink eye when I bring in shirts with makeup on the collar, and I'd have to explain to them over and over again that's my it's my makeup. Like, please, there's nothing nefarious going on here. Uh, and they went out of business, and then I had to find another one, which I was reluctant. And so I, I thought I found a suitable replacement, and they went out of business. So now. I've gone to the last one pretty much in my neighborhood. So if, if this person can't make it, yeah. then I, I don't know what I'm going to do. Just buy a handheld uh, steamer. A, a handheld steamer is the gift that keeps on giving. It gets the yeah, iron. It gets the uh, stink out, uh, which is going to be very important. I saw the forecast early week in Augusta is going to be hot, humid, uh, and filled with thunderstorms, which could certainly be interesting for all of us. It gets out the wrinkles. Like It's great. It's 20 bucks. Nope. You, can, you can travel with it. I'm also going out to the live event, which is in Orlando, Orange County National this week. So, Oh, what days? Uh, I will go out Wednesday and Thursday for sure. And then Friday, maybe depending on my schedule. And I got to get ready because I'm driving up to Augusta on Saturday morning. Uh, Orange County National. Can't believe that that is mm. hosting a live event after being uh, available for $19 on the old Golf Channel. Career <laughs> round card. on Crooked Cat. I, I shot my career round on Crooked Cat where they're playing this week, by the way. I do think it'll be interesting just to put a quick uh, button on that. There's been so much talk about how the quote-unquote big names have not shown up uh, so far in the two live events they've had in 2023. Uh, and a lot of live defenders have cited the golf courses that they have played the two live events on. Uh, it, should be, it should be more generous this week at Orange County National. So if Dustin Johnson, if Cameron Smith, if Joaquin Neiman, Phil Mickelson, Brooks Kepka uh, do not show up and show out, this week at Orange County National, uh, then I think they're officially question marks uh, with their form and how they, they could play at the year's first major. Well, yeah, like I'm curious to see the state of all of their games. You know, all the players who will end up being at, at the Masters. You're talking about Cam Young. You're talking about Dustin Johnson. Certainly Phil will DJ's be there. played like 18 rounds since the Open Championship. That's insane. Well, and it sounds to me like that's what he wants. So that's that's the world we're 
he wants to reside, right? Like they guys talked about that. Like, I want to play less. That's that was one of the motivating factors for them to go over to live golf as as well as the just buckets and buckets. Make of more money. to play less. That was the that was the and, off, and look, you can understand advice. that some of them haven't necessarily done that. Patrick Reed spent a lot of time playing in other, other tour events around the, around the world. That's fine. I don't have a problem with it. Dustin's the one though, who I mean, he what he said. You know, this is the the mayor of Kingstown. If I say I'm going to do a thing, that thing's going to get done. DJ has done is doing the thing where he's uh, look. I'm going to plan these events because I have to, and then I'm going to spend the rest of the time on the boat. That's clear. God, just such aspirational vibes. Uh, I'm I'm like legitimately looking forward to seeing him next week at Augusta National, the 2020 uh, Masters champion. Like, but he was like he was the live headliner last year. Like, he made 35 million dollars. And he hasn't finished inside the top 10 in the two live starts this year. He had a WD from the Saudi event, remember, because of a bum back. So I'm just, I'm just kind of curious how he's going to play. And what is the final tune-up for the Masters? But you folks, uh, make sure you check out that uh, reporting on golfchannel.com. I'll be at the Anwa beginning on Friday, filing from there. And then we will convene next week in Augusta National, the year's first major. Absolutely cannot wait. I know we say every year. This is going to be one of the most highly anticipated Masters ever. It actually feels like that. Like the top three, the live reunion, the mystery of Tiger Woods, uh, I do believe. Champions be dinner. And can't wait. Absolutely cannot wait to get up there. Thank you guys for listening. Flight golf balls. <laughs> Ooh, that chairman's address is going to be fun. Uh, thank you guys for listening to this edition of the Golf Channel Podcast with Rex and Laugh. We'll talk to you next week from the home of the Masters. See you Sunday, Brooksy.